Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the final episode in this strand of Stand Up Tragedy podcasts. This is the last one showcasing one of our performers from the Hackney Attic back in May. I hope you've enjoyed sharing in the tragedies. We've had Liars League doing a fictional story written by an author performed by an actor. We've had comedian Charlie Harrison telling a true story. We've had the moody blues of the band Cyana and moving and powerful poetry from Richard Tyrone Jones. Stand Up Tragedy are holding our last London live night before we go up to Edinburgh and that's taking place on the 4th of July at the Dogstar in Brixton. You can see musicians Polly McLean and Emily Capel, performance artist Frog Morris, Tragic Magic from Daniel Barker, Charlie Harrison's going to be coming back and this time she's going to be doing comedy. We've got a new performance of Jen Adamthwaite's very popular fictional story that we had in our first run of Stand Up Tragedy, a special showcase of performers from Spoken Word at PBH's Free Fringe, comedian Nish Kumar and if all of that isn't enough We've got comedian Josie Long to share her tragedy with you. All this and more, and it's just £5 from our website, which is www.standuptragedy.co.uk. Or if you turn up on the night, it's £7 on the door. You'll even be giving to a good cause because all proceeds are going towards getting Stand Up Tragedy up the Edinburgh Free Fringe Festival in August, where we'll be spreading the tragedy all the way across the Edinburgh Fringe. We're there from the 3rd to the 14th of August, every night at 6.30 at the Fiddler's Elbow. And if you can't come along, or even if you can, there's other ways you can help us raise some funds. And I'll tell you a little bit more about that after we listen to some tragedy. Sophia Walker is a poet and spoken word artist, and at the Hackney Attic, she shared her experiences of tragedy. Stand up tragedy. My accent's gonna accidentally switch over the next 10 minutes. I apologize. I'm English. I grew up in America. And it's a really weird thing being taken for an American in Europe sometimes. Because, like, we have this odd fascination with America. And it's not to do with our politics. Predominantly, we are fascinated by American high school and whether it is actually like the movies. And, well, the reality of American high school is that it's fucking tragic. So, uh, this is an entirely true story from 10th grade. This is called uh, Fast Times at Privileged High. Picture the scene. Eight kids aged 16 and an obese drama-teaching liquor fiend piled into a minivan headed to see Tiny Alice by Edward Albee. Alyssa sits in the front passenger seat because Teach has a thing for the teen beauty. Lily and me are sprawled in the back, barely paying attention when we hear Alyssa say, so I told my mom I needed $500 cause Lily needed, if I finish the sentence, it won't make sense. Alyssa needs putting in context. Alyssa's the kind of girl who bursts into Indian chants in the middle of a biology exam. You're sitting there trying to remember if the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell when suddenly you hear Raghupati Rapataya. Alyssa's the kind of girl who named her winter coat. 
It was called Hildegard, and she wrote it a dedication in the high school yearbook to Hildegard. You are the best coat ever, and I will love you always. <laughs> Alyssa's the kind of girl who stole her parents' brand new BMW to go joyriding. Ignoring the lack of driving license. Ignoring stoplights, she stops right in the driver's side door of a 4x4. She backs away. There's barely a scratch. Felice is having none of that. No license. You want I don't call police, you owe me $500 cash. Felice sets a four-week time limit, gets her digits, and lets her split. Each week, she receives voicemails from blocked caller IDs. Alisa, this is Felis. You better be getting my money for me. It reaches week three, and still Alyssa can't get the green. Back to the scene in the back seats, Lily and me alert as can be when we hear Alyssa decree. So I told my mom I needed $500 because Lily needed an abortion. As if a perfectly rational course of action merely mentioned in passing, Lily nearly passed out. But a more than passing glance at the moral stance of most American high school kids finds honesty amiss. And honestly, this story's twist is no misfit for most US kids post gone wrong preteen sexual tryst and parental lost grip let slip that this was predicted. What? Lily screams. Your mother thinks I had an abortion, which she paid for. Oh, don't worry. She was just surprised it hadn't happened to you earlier. <laughs> yeah, American high school, lovely stuff. Um, so I, I fled America back for the UK uh, at the age of 18, understandably. And uh, at the age of 21, for some entirely stupid reason, I went back. And uh, if you happen to be in Edinburgh this August, I'm doing a show called Around the World and Eight Mistakes. This is from that. And it's a show about the eight reasons never to move. And, and this is from the long, long section about why to never move to America. <laughs> the night before the shit hit the fan, Mike and I were lying on my roof stargazing, lazily caning through a KB-8. Yo, you going to that party in Virginia tomorrow night? Because this guy Rodrigo will give us a free ride, he says. The next evening, I'm set for leaving when the phone rings. Millie, calling from Manchester to check in. Back home, we had a thing brewing, so when Rodrigo's car pulled in, I told him I'd make tracks with Max, but thanks for the offer. When Max and I get to the party, Mike is nowhere to be seen. Cell phone straight to messaging, no one knowing where he's been. Post-party day three, we found out on TV. The newscaster set the scene. Rodrigo drove, his 17-year-old girlfriend and Mike in tow. Halfway to the party, he parked the car. No explaining, he vacated. So the girlfriend and Mike stayed and waited. 30 minutes later, Rodrigo returns without a word, burning rubber as he sped out the suburb. The two passengers knew nothing till the bright white of the police searchlight confirmed the copter overhead was for them. Still, Rodrigo said nothing. It wasn't till interview room three when confronted with crime scene photography that Mike knew where Rodrigo had been. Nearly a mile and a half away, killing a kid of 14 over a brick of wheat. But that was in Virginia and they'd driven from D.C.
Crossing state lines rendered it a federal crime with mandatory minimum sentencing guidelines defining Mike as present at the scene of the crime and therefore tried as if he too had pulled the trigger. Mike's crime was taking a free ride from the wrong guy as but for a phone call, so would have I. Mike's sentence was 20 to life. Thank you. Poetry is an awkward thing. You never know whether to clap. Um, I just got back from doing a tour in California a couple weeks ago, and they have this amazing thing in the States where if you've just written something new, so it still needs, you know, being thrown in front of audiences and testing and stuff, you walk to the mic and you just go, new shit. And the whole audience echoes back, new shit. And everyone understands that the expectation kind of drops from here to there. So I wrote this yesterday. But um, I feel like it's appropriate. This is, uh, I was just asked to write a poem on, on advice. When we were 15, Ellie Famutimi scrolled, if you're going through hell, keep going, on my bedroom wall. For three years, I stared at that sentence every day. I have read it on the insides of my eyelids every time I've closed my eyes ever since. On the one occasion I risked telling a therapist everything, he said, I don't know how you've coped. How do you keep going? At 15, Ellie Famutimi was wiser than he. I never tried therapy again. Six years later, in a boggy tent strewn North Wales mud pit at 4am, a heroin addicted ex-convict named Rich gifts me wisdom. He says... Ultimately, your parents are supposed to provide you with an example. So I have to thank my father. He showed me exactly how not to be a dad. Rich is perceptive. He's comprehended it's all just perspective. And perspective is determined. How you choose to view things is deliberate. The day I graduated high school, the man I most look up to gave me a card which said... Always travel in the direction opposite to the tour bus. I have been stumbling through scrublands ever since. This relentless quest for the adventurous has inevitably exposed me to harrowing things. Age 20, I saw an entire village massacred in front of me in the middle of the night. And I, I did nothing to stop it. For nearly a decade, I felt guilty for my life. Repenting my survival, there was no greater disrespect I could have shown to the dead. Self-indulgently, I'd let myself rewrite history till it was all about me. I didn't stop it. I couldn't stop it. I couldn't stop it. How you choose to view things is deliberate. If you're going through hell, keep traveling. You never know when a slight perspective shift reveals an unexpected side exit. Thank you.
That's the kind of performance that Stand Up Tragedy is all about. Our audience laughed, they felt sad, and hopefully they took something away into their everyday lives. But what was it like to stand up on stage and share those poems with the audience? We asked Sophia before the show. Everything I write is true, so uh, all of my poems are entirely true stories and, and every single tragedy I've ever been through has, has been turned into a, usually a fairly comedic um, poem, but, but sometimes serious. And uh, it feels a bit warped to be mining my life because there's going to come a point where I'm going out there, you know, seeking being hit by a bus because I have writer's block. With comedy, you have to be quite careful when you're going for the tragic angle. of The breadth of how far you can go is actually difficult. British audiences tend to be a bit more switched on and you can throw more at them than audiences in other countries. They listen more to the words, whereas there are some countries where people are more into rhythm and performance and gimmickry and we like to really judge. Sophia performs all over the place. So just Google her name and I'm sure you'll find some Sophia Walker performances near you. She's also going up to the Free Fringe. She's doing a show called Around the World in Eight Mistakes at the Royal Oak from the 5th to the 23rd of August. There is a track from this very recording featured on the spoken word at PBH's Free Fringe album called A Maze of Breaths, which you can find on Bandcamp. And I put that together along with some members of the Stand Up Tragedy production team. There's some great performances on there of all different kinds of spoken word. We've got music, storytelling, poetry and everything in between. And that's available to buy actually to help support the Free Fringe. So if you want to give some money to the Free Fringe in general, go on over to that band camp. You can buy them individually for £1 or more or you can buy the whole 19 track album for £5. But if you want to help Stand Up Tragedy specifically get up to that Edinburgh Free Fringe, I'd really appreciate it if you could help us. We're bringing together tragic acts from all over the fringe and we're sending out a free podcast of performers every day throughout the festival. If you think that sounds good, then please donate to our Indiegogo campaign. You can receive a tragic gift from Scotland, a special story or unique piece of artwork created by one of our stand-up tragedy artists, a meal cooked by our stand-up tragedy chef, or you can be featured on my other show, Getting Better Acquainted. So far, people have been amazingly generous and it's really looking good for us, but we still need your help to, to just get up to that total. And if you can afford to give a little to help us keep spreading the tragic word, that would be so great you can find details about that on our website www.standuptragedy.co.uk or if you search for us on facebook you can become our friend and you can like us we update you on stuff there and you can find the indiegogo campaign on there i'm sure or you can follow us on twitter where we're at stand up for tragedy where we'll be bringing you live tweets on the 4th of july when we'll be at the dog star with josie long as our headliner so please come along. We'll make you laugh until you cry and cry until you laugh. Till next week, the tragedy is over. Stand up tragedy. This podcast was produced by Bryony Hawkins and recorded by Stephen Harvey. All of our music was written and recorded by Sam Wilkinson, who can be contacted at radiojuan at yahoo.co.uk.